0: Blue Lion. NBA most valuable player, Giannis Tatekumpo. Giannis trailing the lob.
1: Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast that is proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Ty Windish, and I'm joined, as always, by the spectacular Rohan Cotty. I think I've used that one recently, but I don't think Rohan minds. Rohan, how's it going?
2: I'm doing well. Spectacular is good. Even if you've used it before, it's still it's still nice, you know? It's, yeah. It's a nice thing to say. It's kind of it makes me feel warm and fuzzy.
1: Well, good. Well, that's what I'm going for. Um, I, I think that was especially necessary on this podcast to go with the warm and fuzzy because although the Bucks last night as we're recording, two nights ago as you're hearing this, got a hell of a win in Denver. An electric night is the way I put it. Really, really fun Bucks game, I'll say. They also got some really, really unfun news. Drew Holiday, a late scratch to that game, Everyone crossed their fingers, held their breath, hope it would be, you know, rest, a sore knee that isn't serious, something like that. Then we find out he is in the health and safety protocols, a.k.a. the COVID protocols. And then Woj of the Bucks, Chris Middleton, after the game, broke the news that Holiday had at least tested positive for COVID-19. Chris, in his quote to, I mean, I think to, Eric Name reported it. I don't know who asked the question, um, but Post game, Chris said that you know the hope is the best case scenario would be that it's a false positive. I don't think we have any word on if that's the case or not yet. Of course, we are hoping for that, and above all else, hoping that Drew is okay, happy, and healthy. He and his family, and everyone else, um, but especially him in this time, in this situation. But uh, Rohan, kind of walk me through your your takes. I'm guessing fairly similar, but I'd love to hear what you think about this. The first time the Bucks run into these uh covid absences
2: yeah like you said first and foremost hope he's doing well Hope everyone around him is doing well it's just a bad situation all around Mm -hmm. uh just as an as an initial reaction one just it sucks not having drew (laughs) yeah because he's we we've spent this entire (laughs) season talking about how freaking good drew holiday is it's we have no idea how long he's going to be out could be 10 days could be two weeks could be longer it, we really have no idea at this point. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, it's the first time this has really affected Milwaukee. Uh, we had a postponement against the Wizards, but that was not uh, because of the Bucks and their available players. That's because the Wizards were just not playing any basketball for, like, a week. Um, but, yeah, this is the first time it's affected Milwaukee. Hopefully there's no spread or anything. Um, this team has been really good about <laughs> About this, I know Bobby Portis has talked at length about how much he wants to sort of lock in and the team around him locks in to make sure that they're healthy for this season because they have championship aspirations. So it, it's it's disappointing to see, obviously, but, you know, I, I think this team can recover.
1: Yeah, um, and they did. I think I think what really... I don't want to say, I mean, nothing is super surprising, I don't think, anymore in, in this new world that we live in, but Drew Holiday, like, a consummate noted family man, and not nothing negative about, you know, single players living their lives, although everyone should be responsible during a global pandemic, but still, it's like, not for not one of the players, I don't think I would have guessed, that would have randomly come down with it. I do think it's strange, a little bit, that you know, he's out for a positive test and nobody else on the team was ruled a close contact because we saw the whole weird Kevin Durant situation.
2: Considering than, they're on a road trip. Right. Like, they they clearly, I think it
1: sounded like Drew was in Denver. At least that's what, I, that's what my read was on the whole thing. Like, I don't really understand how no one was a close contact. No one else was... Whatever. I mean, hopefully it's a false positive and everyone's all good. But, you know, these players are getting tested all the time. I think we probably would have heard by now if someone else was in the protocol. But the uh, the Drew news was pretty much under wraps until right before the game. So you never know, I suppose. Um, the whole thing is strange. Um, again, hoping for the best. But to the basketball side, as you already touched on, a huge loss for Milwaukee, especially going against the Nuggets, who... Win loss wise are not great this year. They were 12 and 10 heading into the Monday night game against Milwaukee, but they have maybe the MVP front runner in Nikola Jokic. Certainly, if they improve in the standings, I think he's got a really good case this year. And of course, Jamal Murray, who was a flamethrower in the bubble, and you know that's one of those things where a player like Jamal Murray, you feel a lot better about going up against with a Drew Holiday on your team to make him make his life hell, put him in the hell prison. Um, Drew not available. I was stunned with how good the Bucks looked in this game. First quarter, a little rough. A lot of threes. Definitely a lot of threes in that first quarter. Um, it was def- a concerning start, although Denver doesn't play any defense, so Milwaukee's number one ranked offense was able to at least keep up. But I thought the defense adapted after that, and I thought three players in particular really – I mean, say even more than that. Basically, almost everyone who played stepped up in a big way. But I see three among all the players – maybe four – um, who I thought really went above and beyond in making up for the loss of Drew Holiday in this game. Uh, I'm sure you are thinking of a lot of the same players. Let's just bounce around them one by one and break down some of what we saw in this game and what we've seen so far in the season. Where should we start?
2: Let's save the best for last. Uh, okay. So let's let's first start with the, the new addition to yes. the starting lineup. So unless you were saying he's the best. No, no,
1: no. no, I think we're on the same page. Yeah, we're we're (laughs) on the same page of who's the best.
2: So, it's interesting uh, Bud's decision-making here, first off. So, I guess I should say Bryn Forbes was inserted into the starting lineup for this game in place of Drew Holiday. So, what you would, at least what I was thinking, is if Drew's out, they would put DJ Augustine in the starting lineup. That was not the case. So, they put Bryn Forbes in, not someone you want handling the ball uh, in terms of leading your offense. Uh, which is something you could re- rely on Drew for. So they put Bryn Forbes in, which shifts a lot of playmaking down to Chris Jonathan Dante. So, first off, that was just a very interesting addition. And Bryn Forbes, he was out here. He did not shoot very well to start. At halftime, he was like one of four from three, I believe. Uh, but then he really picked it up in the second half. He was playing within himself, he was playing within the team. He didn't seem like Garbage Time, Bryn Forge, which obviously... But those are just two completely different players. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bryn in Garbage Time and Bryn just in the normal rotation. And Bryn in the normal rotation looked really, really comfortable and really good.
1: Yeah, I was a huge fan. And I think the first thing you look at is, you know, he makes half of his threes, three of six. And that's like the standard you know what you expect from a good Bryn Forbes game and that's I mean it's it's good it's important it's it's the number one reason he was signed and he continues in my estimation to prove himself as the best shooter besides Chris Middleton who I think is the player we agreed to touch on later um, who's played next to Giannis and maybe the best pure shooter who's actually going to operate off ball just as a shooter mainly on offense I think, easily the best. I think even eclipsing late Sage Kyle Korver. He's just so fast and so pure in his in his shot. And he always finds his way to the right spots. And the Bucks are so good at finding him. I mean, he put up six threes in just over 25 minutes. Not a ton of minutes for Bryn Forbes in this game. But, I mean, six, I think pretty much all of them were good threes as well. And only three shots within the arc. That's the kind of disparity I want to see from Bryn Forbes. I want twice as many threes as twos. Take those shots outside the arc, but credit to him. I've given him a lot of crap about missing those twos uh, in recent weeks. He was three for three from within the arc in this game. So all around great game, but contributes five rebounds, which is a lot for a guy who was, he's got to be the shortest starter, right? I think Dante is taller as well. Yeah. Um, And one assist. So he was involved in more than just shooting, although he did make the shots. I think all around he looked great. He continues to be just about a perfect fit for this team. And just, you know, they have so many guys, even without Drew, clearly, who are good enough at handling the ball that I think sometimes you just need someone who is, like, not going to require any touches, like, coming up. <laughs> he doesn't have to bring the ball up. He just has to run around and, and nail some threes. He can certainly do that.
2: Yeah, he definitely can. It's we You talked about the long twos. He's sort of, he's, he's, he's cutting it out. He's cutting out, dribbling into long twos. Even if he makes them or not, that's still, like, come on. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because you're not going to, like, sustainably make, like, all of those shots in terms of the flow of an actual game. So as long as he can cut out of dribbling into long twos, that'd be perfect. But he looked really, really comfortable. That's the word I keep coming back to. He just looked comfortable. And this probably should not be a permanent thing. Like, obviously, he's not going to like supplant Drew Holiday as a starter or no. anything. But he could supplant someone else. He, he could really before could.
1: before we before we get there. The thing that I like, I think the most about Brent Forbes, it feels like his threes tend to be backbreakers for the other team. Like, I just feel like he often like I don't he doesn't all like sometimes he'll hit you know one or two in a row, but all the time to me it feels like. They cap off a run, you know, a defense figures out how to guard Chris or Giannis, and they just they lose Bryn Forbes. And it's like, oh, we played defense for a, a, a possession, we we bottled everything up, and we lost Bryn Forbes for two seconds, and that's all it takes. Like, they just seem like extra demoralizing threes. Like, it's just like, oh, how did we let this guy hit another one? I, I don't know why. I I don't know if that's even true or not, but that's just that's my vibe on a lot of his threes, and it's really satisfying for me.
2: Yeah, it definitely feels that way, especially when he gets like a wide open three in the middle of the yeah. run. The defense is like, "Are you kidding me? We've got Chris locked down. We've got uh, we've got Giannis locked down. Just we we lost awesome. a rotation like a like the weakest ball handler on the floor, and he's just gonna like drain it three on it's, it's it's awesome. It's gotta be demoralizing as a defense.
1: Has to be. Um, but let's talk about Dante. I think that's where that's where you were heading with it. Dante DiVincenzo proving me wrong with a 13.7 rebound, two assists, three steal, two block stat line. This is the old school Dante we're used to, I think even from last year, really just like making an impact all over. The difference was he brought the three-point shooting from earlier in the season, three for six from deep, although like really bad within the arc. Two for six on two-point shots, which it's never great when you're worse on twos than threes, unless you just, like, don't miss a three. Um, but in this case, it really wasn't great. A lot of missed bunnies, which continues to be an issue for Dante. But basically every other part of his game was on point.
2: Yeah, it really was. He seemed like uh, you, you sort of fueled him a bit, Ty. I
1: know. When he went up for that dunk, he saw my profile picture. When he went, When he cocked back on that dunk, that was uh, Kevin Hart, huh? <laughs> but I, I wish you would have made it. I w- someone, The Discord told me, the Eurogroup Discord, the best Discord on planet Earth, said we would have Photoshopped your profile picture on, I forget who he dunked, who tried to dunk on. Jokic. But we Jokic. Jokic, yeah. We would have put your pick on Jokic if, uh, if he converted that. And I was like, I wish you would have because that would be amazing.
2: That's probably what like. he was looking at. That's what he thought. That's like what he thought. That's yeah, what he saw. 100%. He yeah. you saw, your, like you said, he you saw your profile picture. He saw it my tweet. happened to be Nikola Jokic.
1: He chose just. violence when he saw him, too. That was oh, yeah. that, that was aggressive. I mean,
2: there. he did miss. <laughs> yeah. Well, then. <laughs> oh, it's not, let's not forget that. He did not actually dunk the ball. He, no. He sort of just fell on his back, him blowing a him, blowing him behind the back perfect assist from Giannis. But,
1: but it was a hell oh. of an attempt. And and a hell of a game yeah. from Dante
2: DiVincenzo. He got the It outside. was, yes. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to discredit Dante for that for that dunk attempt, which was hilarious in in my perspective. But uh yeah, Dante, he sort he looked like the old Dante again. He had been in a little bit of a funk. It just he sort of brought it back. He's he seems to be a player, like over these last like two years that he's actually played, that sort of comes in waves. He's he's more of a streaky player than I would prefer, but when it's on, it's on. And this game against Denver, he was on.
1: Yeah, um, I like the threes. It felt like honestly, outside of one layup, he made some of his hardest. I guess he only made two. One of the twos he made was like an extremely audacious, like pull up within the arc, you know, over somebody. And I was like, oh, don't shoot that. And he made it, and I was like, oh, I guess I can't say anything to him. And then he missed a bunch more. So I kind of similar to Bryn, I'd like to see the shot selection cleaned up a little bit for Dante, but. I think this is the one game where you can forgive that kind of thing because the Bucks were really down one of their crucial ball handlers. So there's going to need to be a little bit more creation from guys not named Chris Middleton and Giannis. Um, so I guess this is the time, if there's ever one, for Dante to experiment with that kind of thing?
2: I mean, yeah. I I feel like I've seen this in uh, sort of behind-the-scenes practice videos where they say Dante's a point guard now. I don't know if we've ever talked about that. But they're like, oh yeah, they got me playing point now. So that's that's fun. We're gonna see that, <laughs> I guess, a little more now.
1: Yeah, well, we. I mean, he uh, is the
2: he the nominal point guard.
1: Yeah, Does he certainly. Will. Ah, well, let's, we'll we'll get We'll touch on that later. Point point guard. Point guard. Sure, 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 sure. Okay. Um, we're still focusing on players who stepped up, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the revenge game.
2: Yes, Torrey sir. Craig. Oh, Torrey my investments Craig. are looking nice.
1: My goodness, what a game from Tory Crank! I mean, a little unsustainable, maybe 100% from three. Tough to replicate. He makes all three of his shots, all three of threes. He adds five rebounds, two assists, and a steal. No turnovers, plus five from the bench. Played the most minutes of any bench player. This this was an upstart game for Bud. We might have to touch on Bud stuff later. Um... Bud stuff is always going to sound funny to me, but Torrey Craig, an awesome game, really fitting in well, and interestingly to me, and I want you to just go on Torrey Craig in general, but making the Torrey craig Giannis four or five minutes work by hitting some of those threes, that's an interesting pairing as we deal with some complicated center position stuff, but talk about Tory Craig, Rohan. You're a your fantastic investment.
2: So, Tory Craig, just repping for the brand right now, but You mentioned like his box score and everything. What I'm going to sound like such an like old basketball head right now? Not even one. That did not capture his performance at all. At all, he played insanely phenomenal defense in this game. He was. I was watching. I I was a little late to this game. I will admit, I didn't get to catch a lot of the first half, but I I got what I got. What mattered. So I remember distinctly. I think it was at the. End of the third quarter. Was that when they went to the honest at five lineup?
1: I think I it was third quarter when they first started I my, I tweeted about it both times. I, I was very titillated, but I think that's about when it was, yeah. That eyebrow raise was legendary. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so at the end of the third quarter they they went to the honest at five lineup, And they sort of went to a you know what, we're just gonna rain hell on defense right now. So Tori Craig. So Giannis is sort of matched up on Jokic, right, in this situation. Tory Craig is tasked with doing legitimately everything else on defense. Yep. He is switching everything. He is helping. He is recovering. He is getting in people's faces with 10 seconds left on the shot clock. I think it was a possession where Jokic kicked it out to Jamal Murray, and it, sort of, it was an errand pass and went near half court. Torrey Craig was like, nah, nah, you're not getting a shot off this possession because there's only 10 seconds left on the clock. You're near your half court. I am locking you up. Is this a revenge game from Torrey Craig? Yes. Is he going to play with this sort of fire every single game against every single team? That remains to be seen. Yeah, I was going to say was, maybe. Yeah. What we saw in this Denver game was just Torrey Craig might be the second best defender on this.
1: Correct. He was – I don't even know if you did it justice. He did everything. But he got a lot of minutes on Jamal Murray. Like, picking up Jamal Murray full court. And when I think of Torrey Craig, it's like, you know, a 3-5 through kind of defender, right? Like, he can range up. You can play him as a 4, and he can guard pretty much anyone. And switch to pretty much everyone. I was not thinking Jamal Murray stopper. He gave Jamal Murray fits. Fits. Jamal Murray, this game... 4 for 17 from the field. That's 23.5%. 1 for 7 from deep. That's 14.3%. 11 points and a minus 3 in 36 minutes. A lot of those with Nikola Jokic, who was a minus 2. If you beat Denver in the Jokic minutes, you win the game. By the way, it's just how that works. Like... They're not going to win the non-Jokic minutes. Their whole, every, everyone on the team ended up being in the minus. Their whole bench was a minus. Despite Monty Morris actually having a pretty nice game, they just don't have a deep bench. Um, two rookies, I think, are two of their four bench players in this game. And just if you looked out, like Marcus Howard is on their bench. Did you know that?
2: I did. Shout out to Marquette boy, Marcus Howard. Didn't
1: play. Should have
2: Should have played
1: him. Might have helped them more than... Uh, Kansar? I don't know how to say his name. Conchar. Um, Conchar. Conch- I think you're right. It is Conchar. Um, but, like, yeah, Tory Craig, I, I didn't know he could just, like, decide to pick up Jamal Murray at 94 feet and make his life hell, but apparently he can. And it makes me even more excited for when Drew Holiday's back in the fold because those two, I, something that's, like, fun to watch during the games when they both play is sometimes the opposing offense will, like, get their players to switch. I don't know why they waste their time with this and once it happens you can kind of see both players who were involved in the the screen or whatever the action was kind of stop for a second like but it I thought they switched this did nothing like what that what it, what was the point of this like what I, it, this wasn't a switch what we
2: did, and it's we just did like, not win this interaction this, this
1: nothing this was just a waste of four seconds so i I think it's it's so much fun to have you know I've talked about this idea before but from generalist to specialists and like like there there wasn't there weren't players except for Corver who was you know so incredibly washed like Brent Forbes who could come in and shoot like that and there really weren't defenders on the Bucks bench who could come in and just like ruin somebody like Jamal Murray's life like that at least from what I can remember and it was so fun to watch both of them work great stuff from Tory Craig and I think it's meaningful beyond this game that even I know it was against the Nuggets, so we'll see the next game. But the fact that he plays two more minutes plus than any other bench player feels important to me.
2: It does. I'm going to say something, and we're going to put a pin in it and move on. Okay. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Torrey Craig, Bobby Portis, Giannis. That's all I'm going to say.
1: Bobby Portis and Giannis lineups have just been spectacular.
2: Yeah. Just uh, that, that's, yep. that's a lineup to keep your eye on.
1: Something to, we won't something see to it think. for a little
2: bit, though, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, but soon, hopefully. Um, so so I, we, I
2: guess we're we're segueing perfectly into our next player we want to talk about, aren't we?
1: I believe we are. We're saving the best for last, right? I think we're here now.
2: Yeah. Wait, are we?
1: Oh, do you, Who else do you want to go on?
2: Oh, I honest? thought we were going to go on Bobby Portis. Oh, yeah, we can do that. So, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll take a, lead, yeah, a little bit of a lead on this one. So Bobby Portis... It felt like single-handedly willed the Bucks back into this game in sort of like a dominant fashion. It was sort of like a game where it's like, oh, we're playing sort of half-assed most of the game, and then Bob, of course, is like, nah, nah, we're not doing that. That's not happening tonight. I'm gonna come here. I'm gonna get like running dunks in the middle of the lane. I'm gonna flex on the Nuggets out of here, and we're just we're gonna play to win. We're not gonna play to be in the game. We are gonna play to win. I don't know. That's I, I. cannot stop raving about Bobby Portis. He didn't even have a great game shooting. Like offensively, he was three no. of seven, one of three from three. But my goodness, he was grabbing boards from out of nowhere. He had blocked only zero zero fouls, one or zero turnovers. Excuse me, one foul. It's just, it wasn't a great offensive performance from Bobby Portis. But he still made a big impact in terms of actual mindset mentality. He's sort of got the tenacity edge to him a little bit. I think he's getting to him.
1: Yeah, I I think he certainly brings that fire. I think he absolutely is one of those guys where if there's like a slow or stagnant start, I feel like the number one easiest thing to do for, for Coach Budenhoser, smash that Bobby Portis button. Just like you should smash the subscribe and rate five star reviews on this podcast button, but Bud just needs to smash that Bobby Portis button, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's so funny to me how often the Jason Kidd stuff comes up that like would have helped them last year if they had more of it. But that energy and effort is coming in spades when Bobby Portis is on the floor. It's it's it is wild. Like it's so I don't I don't think you can possibly at this point, even if you were bearish, right? Bearish means low on. We're stock market guys now, so we should... I think it does.
2: Sure.
1: Okay. (laughs) Even if you were low, I'll just say low. Even if you were low on Bobby Portis, concerns about the defense in the playoffs, yada, 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 I will say he's blocking a good amount of shots lately, Um, but I know that is not an indicator of defense in itself. But Even if you were on the low side of expectations for Bobby Portis, the underdog, as he calls himself aptly, uh, although he was nearly a lot I digress uh, um he's just so much fun is what I'm trying to say this whole time he's just so much fun he brings so much energy to the team he also brings like real basketball stuff tenacious rebounding a three-point threat a bad shooting night this was for Bobby Portis still 33 percent like it wasn't terrible but it felt bad for him he also missed a long two or two that again I have no issue with Bobby Portis pulling up on any shot because I know he can make them uh end of i also not
2: going to criticize Bobby Portis
1: yeah, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I mean, I, I would if I really had to, but we haven't had to.
2: No, we really haven't. There's been no reason to not you know, be hyped about Bobby Portis. Uh, I was going to add something. Oh, yeah, just a thing of the energy and effort thing. I will say that is required. It can't be an entire offense and defense. <laughs> it can't be the whole philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it cannot be your entire coaching scheme. It is needed. It just can't be everything. Moving yeah. on. Now we can get to the best for last. Good old Brooke Lopez. (laughs) No. Okay, okay. Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton. So, if you guys are apt listeners to this podcast, have been for a while, if you're not, go back and listen. Even Ty's bringing out receipts on Twitter of how big fans we are of Chris Middleton. This man continues to impress us. And this game was just a culmination of that. So it was weird. When I saw that Drew Holiday was out, I was like, okay, Giannis is going to go on playmaking takeover now. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. There's going to be a lot of attacking from the top of the key. Nope, Chris Middleton's like, my ball, my teeth. We're doing this. And he did it.
1: It was awe-inspiring. It really was. This was the kind of thing. What did we talk about last year so often? Like, you know, during the push toward the playoffs, which ultimately became the bubble, like, he, he needs the handle. That's the one thing. He just doesn't have it. He can't really get to the rim when he wants to. You know, he's he's a good passer, but he doesn't have the handle to get to the looks, and that's the really the one thing holding him back. He's, that's what we talked about. We saw it a little bit in the bubble. We saw it way more early this season. We're still seeing it more than ever. He's got the handle. Like, the, the one flaw in his game, It's it's evaporated. It's totally gone. In 36 minutes for Chris, he puts up 29 points, on an unseasonably bad 0-for-5 three-point shooting game. Like, this easily should have been a 35 game for Chris. Still, 29, not bad.
2: 40. He could
1: have He could have had 40. Making all of them is asking a lot. But, even yeah, even making three would be, what, nearly 40, uh, 38 points. So, that, that's remarkable in itself. But he's 9-for-11 uh, from two. So, pretty much making every shot that isn't a three. 11-for-11 11 11 from free throws. I want to get to that. That's... We're seeing some prime grifting. Eight rebounds, which is like, he, Chris has just become an elite. Not elite, but for his position, a very good rebounder. Like, more than six a game now. Three steals. Three turnovers. The number I skipped. Twelve assists. Twelve assists for Chris Middleton. The Bucks. I don't a even know. A career high. A career, oh yeah. I, I assumed I didn't know that. That's awesome. A career high for Chris Middleton. I don't even know if it was designed that Chris Middleton becomes the ball handler. I feel like Dante had it a lot early, Giannis some. Giannis was just scoring too much to pass, I think, was the issue. But Chris kind of just took it over and, like, took the ball and said, like, no, like, I'll take this now. Like, I can do this. I'm going to do this. We're going to win this game. The Bucks have 24 assists as a team. Chris has a legit half of them at 12, a 4-to-1 assist-to-turnover ratio. He took over this game in every sense had more assists than any two players combined on the Denver Nuggets. Nikola Jokic, the great, brilliant passer, and not taking anything away, has six assists in 39 minutes. Chris racks up 12 in 36 minutes. He became the Bucks' offense outside of, like, Giannis creating his own looks, and it was awesome. I mean, they, they put up 125 points and torched Denver to an easy win that looked like a game that was going to be very challenging and historically it has been very hard for the Bucks to win in Denver.
2: Yeah, they're 9-40 and 40 coming into this game all time in Denver. So they, they got that 10th win in franchise history in Denver, which is just mind-boggling yeah. to only win 10 games in a city when you've been a franchise since, like, the 70s.
1: They used to share a conference for a couple of years, and they still have barely won yeah. yeah.
2: That. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, not that I was there, but, <laughs> but whatever. Uh, but, yeah, Chris Middleton, also 36 minutes. Over 36 minutes for Chris Middleton. Yeah, numbers are going up a bit.
1: They are going. I think he's top. He's top 20 in the NBA in total minutes right now. I noticed that because um, I think Kyle Maggio it was shared the total. And of course, it's Knicks. It's Julius Randle and RJ Barrett are one and two. Uh, Derek Rose is going to end up there eventually. But uh, I, I kind of scanned down. I was like, are there any bucks? And Chris, Chris, I think. Going back, I'm pretty sure the last, like, five years, Chris is probably number one in minutes played when he's been healthy because he's always going to play a lot because he's good, and he can always play more than the Giannis without getting tired. That's a sneaky Chris thing. I don't think it's talked about enough. He had one pretty bad or maybe two uh, decently bad turnovers late in the game where, like, he read a double team wrong at one point. It wasn't his greatest ball. But I think overall, he has a lot of energy to play as much, basically, as the Bucks need and that's like not every player even you know smaller guys like Chris than Giannis is necessarily can do that but it's something he yeah. brings and he just excellent in every facet except for shooting.
2: Yeah, Chris he doesn't expend as much energy doing what he does. Uh it's on very methodical or defense. Yeah, very methodical, very calculated. I just I want to know where this came from. So in this game in fact like the dagger for this game was just Chris throwing lobs to Giannis.
0: Yeah. Wait, where has
2: this been for the last like five years? It's just it's a it's a new thing that they brought out this game, and apparently it's like who would have thought that Chris Middleton throwing lobs to Giannis is like a really effective thing? <laughs> but who would who would have thought? But it's here now, apparently.
1: Yeah, and I think I mean I really just think that again it's like he didn't have it unlocked before he didn't have the combination of the handling and. And the vision and really the confidence that he yeah, needs. Yeah, I think to... it's the
2: confidence thing. He I, didn't and... have the VC to unlock the attributes.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, no, but I mean, like, he also just needed a better handle. Like, he would have dribbled off his foot a million times if this was two or three years ago, if he tried to play make this much. You can tell he's worked on it, and he's gotten a lot better. This month, February, in five games, he's averaging 6.8 assists, which is the highest mark of the year so far. I hope he keeps it up. I hope the Bucks keep the ball in his hands. I want to see more Drew Holiday, too. But, like, clearly Chris is capable of this. Let's see more of it. Like, let's let's unlock this now. So he has these ugly late-game turnovers against Denver in February, not against Philadelphia in whatever the hell the playoffs are. June, probably, May, whenever. First round, did you say? No, I wish. They're winning a lot of games. They, I don't know how they have a meatball schedule
2: for two months, but they do. Um, yeah. Bucks are only one game behind them though, in the east. Philly's been talking all of this smack about being number one in the east you're you're one game ahead okay i
1: I love that the Bucks' rough start that's had people so concerned has them as one of the best teams in the nBA. I'm a huge yeah. fan of that. yep
2: mm-hmm. it's great they're they're second in the east uh given sixteen and eight is sort of weird to be second in the, it's a weird year, yeah, uh, <laughs> it goes without saying, but. Yeah, we we mentioned this a little bit earlier. I want to reinforce this. Chris Middleton, 11 for 11 from the free throw line. It just, he's getting to the rim. He's attacking, like you said, because of that handle that he has now, which is just, it's really smooth. It's really (laughs) smooth now. He looks looks better than prime Paul George out there.
1: Whoa. That came out of nowhere. Am I wrong? I don't think so. I certainly trust him more than I trust prime Paul George.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but like first first season in OKC, uh, third in MVP voting Paul George. I think he looks better than
1: that. I Somebody, I forget, Seth Partnow maybe, tweeted, should we talk about Chris Middleton starting yes, the All-Star us. game? Hmm. I, and Seth followed it up by saying, I'll count him as a guard. Unfortunately, you can't. He's just a front court player, or yeah, a front court player in terms of all star. Um, I think if you count him as a guard, though, there's certainly a case. I don't think he would be able to do it just because people just refuse to update their stance on Chris Middleton, I think. Like, they're so used to him being a limited player that that's just how they're, that's, it's like locked into people's brains, but. I mean I think there's certainly a case that he's been one of the best two guards if he was counted as such in the East so far. He's just been phenomenal.
2: Oh, without question. He definitely would have a case to start in the all star game. There's no question that he's going to make the all star game. There really shouldn't be a question at all. Uh but yeah, that's a great point. I didn't even think about like him potentially starting. Like as a guard, that would be incredible. That would he's not gonna he's not gonna take out Giannis, Katie or Embiid yeah. for the starting front court, like not to chance. So He's unfortunately not going to be starting in the All-Star game. But I'm glad we Chris talked Middleton. about All-Star right now. I want to jump on a yeah. soapbox. Okay, go for it. I am
1: whipping freaking votes for Chris Middleton in All-Star. And I've had Nihilus Bucks, close personal friend of the podcast, said, Ty, "What do you, like he's not going to start. Why? What is the point? Because to be clear, let's round up again. I know we did this in our last full-length episode, but the voting only counts for starters, and it's only half or a quarter or whatever the hell.
2: I think what? they made it seventy percent now. Who knows? There was an update.
1: It's only for starters, and like we yes. just mentioned, Chris is only considered a front court player. It's not like all NBA where he got robbed because he could be, could be considered considered because he could be considered both. Um, he's only a front court player. We know he's not going to start. I know he's not going to start. I'm well aware of this. Should he? No, he really shouldn't. The other three guys, if anyone wouldn't start because of it, to would be honest. So let's not have that combo right now. Um, but he should be top 10 in votes. He should be on the leaderboards. And it's not, it doesn't do anything for him. You know, uh, practically speaking, it doesn't ensure him a spot on the bench, but it's the right thing. He should be up there. There should not be some of these players that are coming in above Chris Middleton. And I know it's just a popularity contest. Let's make Chris Middleton popular. Chris Middleton deserves to be popular. He's a great player. He's super fun to watch. Bucks fans love him. Vote every single day. Tweet at Chris, you gotta use his at or hashtag his full name. So hashtag Chris Middleton or at Chris 22 or whatever it is, and then hashtag NBA All Star is the hashtag this year. And you can fill out ballots on NBA.com and there's double vote days here and there. Whatever the case may be, vote every day. I'm trying to tweet every day or at least retweet one that will count. So if you just want to find my tweets, I'm sure Rohan's doing a lot of voting stuff too um, on Twitter. So just look for those. Always smash retweet on those. But Chris Middleton needs to finish top 10. I'm making it a mission, and I want Giannis to finish first too. I'm going to do stinks for Giannis every day. But, like, finishing second to KD is not an indignity. Not being top 10 in the East feels like an indignity. Chris doesn't deserve that. Let's get him on at least top ten, at least top ten, folks.
2: I agree, completely. It's I'm passionate just, it's, about this. Yeah, Give it yes, of course, because he's definitely one of the ten best players in the East. It, there's there's not a question about that. He's just if you if you're ignoring that fact, you just don't watch basketball. Admit it to yourself.
1: And Wait, at what point? I, I will
2: I will add you on Twitter. If you do not think that Chris Middleton is one of the best, like ten best players in the Eastern Conference this season, you legitimately do not watch basketball. So I'm not going to take your opinion seriously. He only has to be top twenty for this. This guards too. It's a separate thing. He yeah. has to be a top ten front
1: court player. Yeah. It's aggravating. It's aggravating, um, and it just this whole like resigned. Front court, oh, too.
2: it's just wild. We w- remember last week. we were like, "Oh boy, how are we gonna get this last front court spot in here?" How was yeah. he not one of the top ten front court players?
1: It's ridiculous. And I, I just don't like this resignation. Oh, he's a buck. Oh, he's just not going to – who cares? It's a national league. It's a global league, actually. Like, vote for Chris Middleton. Make other people vote for Chris Middleton. Like, this is something that – Enjoy what, the NBA. Well, yes. Like, there they should be encouraged to watch and enjoy Chris Middleton. Everyone who watches a lot of Chris Middleton has become a huge fan. Like, you can see the people, Nikias, um, uh Dave DeFore – All the people who watch a ton of Chris Middleton, positive, residual, had an amazing uh, stat, deep dive on him. All the people paying attention freaking love this guy. So, like, there's no excuse for him to not be more popular. And it's an NBA problem, but we can help fix it. Let's get Chris Middleton up there, folks.
2: I don't want to waste too much time, but I'm motivated. Yep, Yep. let's do it. Hopefully we can get there. Come on, Bucks Nation. Come on.
1: I, I can't wait to compile how many votes that I got just from my tweets later, too. I'm there gonna use go. it. Chris. It's gonna if we get Chris top I feel like that's a Eurostep guest spot. I f- I feel that way. We'll see. Chris, you're always
2: welcome, even if you I mean
1: yeah. Oh no, I don't mean he has to to get on here. I mean like if we play a role. Yeah. I feel like that's you know.
2: Yeah, come on. Tick come tat. Yeah. Come on. You, you
0: you you know. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
2: To come on. We're just going to rave about you.
1: <laughs> oh, we would have such good questions. Our Johnny O'Brien questions were really good. And there's a lot yeah. more. To, we'd have a thousand. We'd have to pare it down. I don't think we could have like 10 hours of Chris's time, but we'd have some good questions.
2: Oh, 100%. We'd be great interviewers. I, I don't doubt that for a second. Go back and listen to the Johnny O'Brien pod, by the way. Great if you guys thing. have that was That was fantastic. Shouts to Johnny O'Brien.
1: Friend of the pod forever. Uh, that yes. coach and wherever was wrong. Oh, 100%.
0: Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast.
1: So, should we talk about some less fun developments? from? I guess we
2: probably have to.
1: Yeah. You know the funny thing about Brook Lopez? Actually, statistically, a pretty solid game. Five fouls, which isn't great. Maybe it was great. 13 points on 5 for 10 field goal shooting 2 for 4, three point shooting 1 for 1 from the charity stripe, seven rebounds including four offensive boards, one assist, one turnover and the five fouls. Plus two for Brooke Lopez. The defense is an issue. Yeah. It just it is. Really is. It just he's just not accomplishing anything on defense at this point. Um not even like you're not even on the the defensive glass. I mean, he only had three defensive boards. It wasn't just like a He's boxing out somebody so, you know, Giannis or whoever can grab the board. I, I just don't think he's been that great of a rebounder this year. Um, you know, Denver collects eight offensive boards. Some of that is the Bucks. You know, the, the defense they play, there was way too much drop in this game for my taste, but I think they kind of uh, tweaked it a little bit in the second half. But it's just not, not looking spry out there right now.
2: No, and it's like the – Depth of the drop. It's just, what are you doing? On a pick and pop with Jokic, why are you fading to the restricted area? Just like, I can't tell at this point if that's schematic or just Brooke. Yeah. I think I'm leaning Brooke at this point. Because Bobby's fixed it. Bobby used to do that, and he doesn't anymore.
1: And I think the difference, too, with those two, and it's it sounds so sacrilegious to say this, Bobby's drop coverage works better, because he gets back out to the big if he's shooting so much faster. Like, I noticed it in the second half. There were times where it looked like Jokic was going to have, like, a wide open three, and Bobby closed fast enough to make him reconsider or just not shoot it altogether, and then try to take Bobby Portis off the dribble, which he was doing. I mean, he was able to do it, but I mean, he's Jokic. He's going to score yeah, one Jokic way or another. Yeah,
2: Jokic and Bobby Portis.
1: Yeah, yeah at, least, at least make him shoot, you know, the contested runner or whatever, instead of a wide open three. Brook is just so slow to close, he doesn't even close space in the restricted area fast enough. I feel like his short help has just not been that useful. Like when someone gets around a perimeter guy and like Brooke Lopez is equidistant from the rim in them, he's just not really getting there most of the time. His block numbers are down, no blocks in this game. You know, on offense, he got the job done, which is great. He kind of needs to do that to be useful right now. On defense, he's just not adding what he wants. to. I think he got a tough whistle in this game to his credit. Um but he does he has been fouling a good amount. He just looks frustrated out there. Um and, and I get it. He I, I haven't seen great play from him all season.
2: Yeah, there's not been a Brook Lopez game yet. There really hasn't. There's still there's still time. There's still an opportunity for him to do so. He is hopefully capable of doing so. Uh we're we're gonna cling to that Miami series uh in terms of Brook Lopez. That's the only thing we're gonna cling from that. And Chris Middleton. Uh, yeah. but it's just kind of sad. Like, I love Brooke. I love Brooke. Just, he, like you said, he has to show out on offense because he's not contributing on defense. It's just, I think we're seeing the deterioration a little bit of Brooke Lopez in terms of him aging as a defensive big in this league, which is wild, again, to say. Uh, but, yeah, he's getting old. He's he's looking washed. The, what, what's the status on the information
1: you got, Ty? I I've read the pamphlets like three times. I haven't memorized them yet, but I have – there's, there's like, there's notes in the median on the pages, and, like, there's a couple spots that I earmarked so I can get to them quicker. So, like, I, I'm very familiar with the, uh, the Brooke Lopez's Washed folks reading materials at this point. It's just like, I still want to believe that, you know, he's a 16-game player now, and he's just going to save it for the playoffs, but, like, I need to see flashes at least. So I really hope at some point on this road trip, Brooke Lopez steps up, and, you know, has a few blocks, and, and makes some important plays on defense, but, it just hasn't happened in quite a while, and it is. It's just, it's a bummer to watch. I'll always love Brooke Lopez, and root for him. People online are starting to get fed up. I wouldn't, Excuse me, I wouldn't say I'm fed up, but I'm I'm really not enjoying what I'm seeing.
2: No, I'm, again, I'll say this. He might just, it might be a comfort thing in the new defense could that be. they're trying to institute. It could be that. Maybe it's just taking some time. Again, we are still, what are we, 24 games into the season now? Yeah. I mean, given out of 72, that's like a third, right? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly but, yeah. a third. Ah, oh, good math. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's there's there's still time, but that window is closing because yeah. the trade deadline comes before the actual season ends.
1: Might have to do something on that next next full length pod. I, I have some ideas. I, I okay. looked into it today. That's how familiar I am with the reading
2: materials. A trade with the Hawks?
1: No, 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 no. <laughs> it's a trade with the Cavs if you must know. <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: He's, he's, can't never forget, Ty. It took never a second. Try,
1: gonna, it took a second for the wheels to turn, and then I got what you were inferring there. Um, Bond. I know. I yeah. Well, now everyone knows.
2: So well, I, just in case anyone
1: did get it, okay. yeah, that's nice of you. That's nice of you. Um, two more players I feel like are kind of regressing to the mean right now. I want to talk about DJ Augustine. Okay. I'm not selling my position.
2: No.
1: I'm I'm still a believer. I mean, we literally can't until Sunday, but I'm still a believer. I think even in this game, which, like, he shot abysmally bad and had two turnovers, still had five points and five assists in about 20 minutes, two for six from the field, one for five from deep. You can still see what he's capable of. I still think he's capable of it. I just think this is something we've touched on recently, especially I have, he needs another playmaker out there. And without Drew, if he's playing while Chris is sitting, he's just kind of nominally, nominally going to be like one of the, if not the primary playmaker. I just think that's asking too much at this point um, for, for what he is. So I think he's someone I feel confident about. The full strength Bucks, he'll look a lot better. Um, and he can still shoot, even though he's one for five in this game. I'm still a believer in his jumper. I still think he's going to be like 38% when all is said and done at least. Uh, I'll look what he is right now. But I, I just I, I still believe he's small and he tumbles around like a bowling ball sometimes, but I'm still he's thirty eight point seven percent even after that game. So I'm I'm still in. I'm still in on DJ Augustine.
2: I can't remember who tweeted this and I I apologize to whoever it is so because I can't give them credit. It was if if DJ Augustine was six seven he would be like the greatest player of all time because he thinks he's a slasher. Yeah.
1: He really yeah. does.
2: Uh but yeah he just he can't lead a bench unit at no. this point like a full bench unit which we probably should not see which we haven't been seeing which is good. Uh again we yeah upstocked the bud there. But yeah he he can't be tasked to lead a bench unit anymore. He can't do that. If he's out there as a playmaker with Drew with Chris with Giannis sure. That's good. He's good in that role. He's proven that he can be good in that role. I think it's just more of a learning how he fits into this team. And I think they're start they're starting to figure it out. A bit.
1: I would like to see more if he's out there with Giannis as, like, the two primary playmakers. Like, run some more DHOs like they run with Bryn Forbes. Like, I just think DJ Augustine at this point, he just needs a runway, right? Like, you can't just give him the ball and, say, make something good happen. It will occasionally but not consistently. But if you put him in a good situation, I, I think he can still be very reliable. Honestly, I think the best chance on the bench lineups is like just a ton of Bobby Portis stuff. Just because Bobby Portis is that dynamic of a player... It works on and off, it's not consistent enough, but if he's up there with Giannis, like let's post Giannis and have DJ Augustine take that dribble handoff and kinda of run around the screen. Get him that runway to the rim and he'll find a player if they're open. I'm still a believer in his skill set. I mean you can bicker about is he worth the part of the M L E he got. Maybe, maybe not. I'm still happy with the signing. I'm still I'm still on board, DJ Augustine Atoll. I don't know what we're calling it. Island? A toll.
2: A toll sounds good.
1: DJ Augustine DJ A the DJ Augustine Atoll.
2: Ooh, there you go. There you go. I'm, I'm camping I'm out fully there. On board. The DJ A Yeah, I'll, the, I'll I'll join you out there. Okay.
1: Well welcome. Have welcome a little, to the DJ yeah. AA.
2: Okay, let's have a let's have a little cookout, you know? That'll
0: be
1: fun. Let's have a powwow. Let's uh let's throw a baseball around with Pat Connaughton, the next player I want to talk about. Ooh, fire. That was electric.
2: <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. I'll give you
1: that. I went around it, it's like it, that's my version of DJ Augustine going around the Giannis DHL. I had the I just went for it. Mm. Bam. I thought you were just
2: gonna say a curveball. Oh. Wow. That mind
1: blown up that you, you killed that. Wow. <laughs> um, so Pat Connison, noted yeah. baseball
2: player.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: So eh, that's, that's really all I have to like Obviously not all I have to say, but that's that's how I feel about Pat Connison at this point. He was really good. He has been really good. So maybe this is just—it wasn't the best game from Pat. But he just—he didn't really make an impact in this game. I don't believe
1: the threes aren't falling. And I think I really do think he's still playing fairly well. There's there's been a couple of bad jumps. You know, the jump into the stratosphere still happens here and there. There's still some Pat continent-sized holes in the ceiling of every arena where he is just literally out of there. That's still happening. But I think it's happening. Oh, I wish I was
2: good at video editing so I could make. <laughs>
1: Somebody's <laughs> got it. People reach out you if we need stuff. If you're a video editor, let's get Pat make that happen.
2: Pat make that out happen. of the
1: arena, and I want to see the whole like Team Rocket sparkling, all of it, all of it. Pat Condon way out of here, or just put Pat Condon on Team Rocket, I guess. All three of them. Meowth, I don't know, um, but he still does that not as much. Uh, and he was one for three from the field, and they were all three. So one for three from deep. That's the Pat Condon shot selection I want mind you Um, and he drew two free throws he was one for two and he had two I know he had no turnovers Um, so four points two rebounds one assist so he's not making the threes which is why it seems like he's not he's not he's not playing as well because he's not making the threes so December five games Pat counted in 41 percent from deep January 11 games 47.4 percent from deep February 5 games, 21.4% from deep. So he's just not making them. He's also somehow 25% from free throw this month. which He's probably one for four. I don't think he gets that many. Um, But that's not great. Um, But I do think there's still positives in the Pat Cunningham experience. In 80 minutes, he has six assists and no turnovers. He has just four total turnovers all year. He's not doing too much with the ball. He's an okay. He's like his
2: four turnovers all year.
1: According to this, yeah.
2: What the hell? Yeah. Okay, go off. He's hat. not. Ter- he's
1: like he's he's playing within himself on, on offense, um, at least. But yeah, he has four turnovers this season. 29 assists, 4 turnovers, which is the kind of breakdown you want from a role player like Pat Connaughton. And even with the recent slump, he's gotten his best uh, effective field goal. That's stupid. I want true shooting percentage. No one uses effective field goal. He's got his best true shooting percentage since his sophomore season when he didn't play that often. He's already played more minutes than he played that season. So, like, I still think he's been a a fairly effective role player. The threes just aren't falling, which was going to happen. He was at, like, 50% from deep. I still believe here, too.
2: Yeah, I mean he's he's shown that he is capable of making the which is like you're saying that's what's missing right now. And given that's his entire offensive output, so that yeah. makes it it makes it a little tough on him. Uh, but he's shown that he's capable of doing it. Maybe it's just a little bit of a slump. He, again, like Dante, he's shown that he's a little bit of a streaky player at times. So maybe he'll get on eventually.
1: Do um, you want to hear some fun random Pat stats? Of course. of his shots are threes this year. Yep. 69 attempted threes, 100 attempted field goals, eight free throws attempted all year. Pat, he's just not, he's just not in a position to take them, which is good. Like don't drive Pat, uh, still 44% from the field and 40% from deep. Um, a good true shooting, just under six points a game. Like, these are the kind of things I want to see from Pat Connaughton. Um, statistically at least like, I don't want to see him taking the ball on the gr- on the floor enough and dribbling in to draw fouls. Like I'm not, I don't have a problem with him not drawing fouls because he's just not being asked to do that. Which again, totally fine. Um, so yeah, overall, still fairly high on Pat. Still think the contract, as upset as we all got, it's not that bad. It's really not that Get bad. Yeah, got signed. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're pals. Yeah.
2: <laughs> But yeah, speaking of Giannis, I don't wanna I don't want to go on this spot without talking about him.
1: We Giannis. should. We absolutely should.
2: So I just wanna say that for everyone saying oh, why don't they put Giannis on team's best player when they're you know, in crunch time or something, one, if it's Jimmy Butler, you should probably put Chris Middleton on him instead of Giannis. Uh because if you don't know, uh Giannis is seven feet tall. Uh Chris is like six eight, six nine.
1: Actually, I'd say now Drew Holiday, but yes, I get your point.
2: Yeah. So, against the Denver Nuggets, it was sort of a close game, back-and-forth game. Giannis at center, just, it was Giannis against Jokic. It was Giannis against Jokic in that third quarter, which was the turning point of that game. Giannis went off. My goodness, did Giannis go off. He... We talked about how Chris was like, "Oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let this team lose," because he was feeding the ball to Giannis <laughs> a lot of the right. time. So, this man six of eight from the free throw line. You want to know something, Ty? In the month of February, Ooh. this winning percentage, uh, this uh, this winning streak, which is funny. Oh yeah, uh, we have this a winning streak. Five straight is, games. It's just longest winning yeah, streak of the season. Which is all of the games in February. Oh yeah. Uh, Giannis is shooting 74 percent from the free throw line. Which is, you know, good, considering his season is at uh, 61.6%, which encompasses this five-game winning
1: streak. up uh, up. and up. You're going to get me in trouble. I always get blamed it, for jinxing it. I feel like this sure, is, is going to be my whatever. fault somehow. <laughs> I don't believe in jinxes either, but...
2: Dante, don't do it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know you're getting that Twitter finger ready. Oh... Uh, uh, it's okay. KD learned to put him away. You can do it, too. Uh, I don't know God, if KD did.
1: KD did not
2: at all. That's true. I'm going to get in trouble here. Yeah. Uh, so Giannis in this five-game winning streak, two of three, seven of eight, six of eight, seven for 11, six of eight from the free throw line. It's he's quietly. sort of, yeah, he's he's figuring it out, Ty. He's figuring it out. This comes off that he had a uh, 10 of 18 nights against Charlotte, which is the last game they lost. And after that, like I said, he's shooting 74% from the free throw line while drawing a lot of foul shots. And also, uh, his three volume is down considerably during this winning streak. This five attempt game where he's two of five, which is 40%, which is good. Uh, That was the most he's attempted in the game since uh, the Pelicans game, where he had seven attempts. Yeah. Yeah. so he's sort of rounding into form. We've been talking about this, but he is really rounding into form. That third quarter was an MVP quarter.
1: Yeah, it really. was. And then the fourth quarter, watching him work with Chris, the alley oops were so much fun. Um, he just showed how dominant he is, and he had a couple of plays where he really stood up Jokic defensively. And this is like, this is a straight um, up
2: blocked it, like,
0: like a couple. Yes,
1: yeah. and like not even no chance to even call it as a foul. It was so clean. Um, This was a matchup I really worried about coming in, especially in Denver. All of a sudden, it's like if the Nuggets go on a Cinderella run and get to the finals this year, I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling really good about it. I was worried, like, oh, Brooke on Jokic, and then, again, to his credit, Bud said, let's try Giannis in this matchup, and it really worked, and it really showed you how well Giannis can play on, on elite players if they're closer to his position. I do wonder if we'll see... Giannis and Embiid at all is Embiid a little too big he might be we'll see I know Embiid will guard Giannis some I know we'll see that we've seen that in the past but excited to see what happens there and that was always a Brook Lopez thing might be different this year Um, Embiid is a lot different player than Jokic obviously as well but it was just another awesome Giannis game just more evidence that he's comfortable now I think he and the team collectively have figured some things out um, he looks a lot better. Poor Paul Millsap. He had a couple stops, but Paul Millsap was getting brutalized, <laughs> and Paul Paul Millsap just getting shoulder bumped to back to Atlanta. Basically, is how much contact that man was taking, and he was not taking it well. It's props to him for reinventing his career and becoming a three-point specialist, all this, but... Oh, he might
2: retire. <laughs> he
1: might retire, like, like right now as we're recording. Like, I'm still sore, F this, I'm done. Like Who was who it, was was it where they were, like...
2: Who was it where they said, uh... When they couldn't back down Josh Hart, that's when they knew they needed to, uh... Was that Wade? retire. No, it was... Oh, it was Mo Spates, I think. <laughs> Yeah.
0: I can't
1: believe I guess Wade and it was Mo Spates. <laughs> I get those two confused
2: all the time. I think Doyle. I think yeah.
1: Who is I that, that guy really good on the heat, Mo Spates? Oh, yeah, that's who I was thinking of. Oh,
2: David West, not Mo Spates. <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah, Okay, a much more relevant player.
2: <laughs> I knew it was someone on the Warriors. yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that it's a little different scenario. Josh Hart, love you, man. You're not Giannis, uh, yeah. but Paul Millsap might he might be feeling it. he's definitely feeling it. Yeah, but talking about him on Jokic, uh, even if they don't have like if Brook isn't an option, Giannis is an option. They still they still got the best Jokic defender on the team, man. He didn't play. He didn't play. I was it. really upset. You know, listen, we're
1: talking about the intensity with Tory Craig. This is, is
2: tenacity, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah sorry, it's
1: tenacity. I, I, I was getting there, but I'm, it's it's good to be clarified. I think sometimes we speak our own language a little bit too much. This is why you gotta listen to every episode, folks, because like we'll we'll touch on the same weirdo things over
2: and over. But yeah, you wouldn't have understood the pamphlet thing from earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah, the pamphlet thing's been ongoing for. That might be a whole season thing. Um, so, Tory Craig intensity against his former team. He got checked by Jokic, like a freaking hockey check, man. That was like a... That
2: was, okay, I will say that was Giannis' fault. He didn't call the screen.
1: I mean, regardless, Jokic shouldn't... I mean, that, that is one of those, like, he had a flashback to Serbia with his two massive brothers and, like, wrestling horses. Like, that was that kind of a, a check from Jokic. And right after that, I was like, we might need to put in... Tenacious. That, that's like, a, if you're going to play like that, we might have to get Tenacious involved because that is the kind of aggression that he won't match. Um, but we didn't oh, see Tenacious.
2: He, he, will, he will start fights.
1: Yes. You're not going to lay up around him. That's just not going to be a Oh, fight.
2: not a chance. Not even if it's garbage time. You are getting reviewed for a flagrant foul, even <laughs> well, if it's garbage time, it, if you try to go up for a layup. The
1: play is going to get reviewed. You didn't yes, do it. No, yes, <laughs>
2: yeah, yes, that is what I meant. Yeah, the play the play is going to be under review there. Yeah, yeah there's going to be a uh, break be in the action, action for a few facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as you sort of recover from being on the ground. Um, But, yeah. uh, But, actually, like, Fanasis has been really good against Jokic. Like, we're not just saying this as a meme.
1: Do we, we have He's one game like sample, right? That's it. Two. Oh, is two? It? oh, yeah, it's two. Yeah, you're right. The bubble, right?
2: No, it was both games last season. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm dumb. You're right. I want to go and see how those games match up with the rest of Tenacity's season.
2: The the second game was the one before the shutdown where they were just starting just everyone at the end of the bench and they almost won. The Kyle Korver game. Yeah.
1: Remember that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now um, I remember now. I figured he only played five minutes the first time.
2: Yeah, it was a nominal start for Greek. Night.
1: Yeah, but he's two at for least. three. Only only missed shot was a three. Four points, two fouls in five minutes. One Classic. steal. <laughs> well, that's the that's the tenacity stat line.
2: Yeah, and he played great defense on Jokic. He, he yep. blocked him. Did he? Did he have a block? I'm um,
1: almost. Ah, uh, not that game. He had one in the second game. That might, it might be. What oh, okay. He had a steal only. And in, in the second game, the most minutes he played all season that year: nine point six rebounds, three offensive, three assists, two steals, one block, three turnovers, two fouls,
2: just two fouls. That's like when, you, that's like when you're a my player, but you can't like. You, you don't want to buy VC yeah, exactly. to sort of upgrade to your offensive attributes. You're just
1: grinding out to get the the player, oh, yeah. the teammate grade. That's the... not even
2: a knock. That's praise. That's yeah. praise. That's making an impact.
1: It is. His impact's gonna he be. You can felt. definitely
2: afford the VC.
1: His impact might be felt literally a lot of times, but it's gonna be felt. Oh, and most
2: of the time it'll be <laughs> felt literally. Uh, that man is. That man is built. My goodness, like. All, all of the brothers—they're just—they're just jacked beyond belief.
1: That's how the Coon Bros, man, don't mess with them. Oh,
2: not a chance. What was it? Where Giannis and Pedasos were like going up to someone after a game? Like that was this season.
1: Like to fight.
2: Yeah, they were like going to talk to someone. I, I can't forget Do good you beast. know what I'm talking about? I don't remember. Yeah, it was like at the end of a game, like Giannis and Thanassus went up to the opposing players. Like, <gasps> I I, I
1: vaguely remember, but I, I can't put my finger on it.
2: Yeah, I can't remember either.
1: Oh, it was Detroit. I thought it was, it was Detroit. Yeah, was it Blake? Yeah.
2: No, I think it was Isaiah Stewart.
1: Oh, yeah, Beef Stew. Yep, it was yep. Beef Stew. You're right. You nailed it. Yep. I was thinking Detroit, too, but I was like, I don't think Blake's relevant enough this year. It was Beef Stew.
2: No, nah, Blake's, Blake's washed on it's all hell. That's sad. Oh. <clears throat> Kind
1: of, he's kind of been a. Yeah, oh yeah, you know what? It's not, not that sad. It's it's. it's
2: fine. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have to talk about here?
1: I feel like that's most of it for the Bucks stuff. Okay. A tough one. to promise.
2: Yeah, I've yeah. been promised heat for our next segment.
1: Yes, you got it. Okay, so this is what I thought of. I actually, I wrote this down to Choose the your fighter,
2: week. by the way. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. choose your fighter. Yeah. Choose your fighter time, folks. So let me let me sit back. I thought of this. Oh, little creak there from the, the mic boom arm. Let me get situated. Here we go. I thought of this during the week, because I was eating a muffin, and I I have a very particular way that I eat muffins. So my choose your fighter. This is a paperweight thing. I fidget. I fidget with. It's <laughs> Funny, not a knife. It's not a knife. You better say that you <laughs> eat muffins the same way. It's actually a, it's a propeller. Okay. It's a propeller,
2: for everyone, if you're listening to this, watch this on YouTube right now. Cause I thought this man it was <laughs> had a knife in his hands. Why is this choose your fighter?
1: <laughs> I think I I think I had it once before. I, I always like I just start like I I I always doing something. I don't know what it is. Like I used to have like a little piece of cork that I would just toss around. I don't know why. I can't sit still. But muffins. So the choose your fighter is. How do you eat a muffin? I don't want to say how I do it right now, so I don't want to spoil it. I might just, I want what the answers are. But, so, do you eat the top first and then optionally eat the rest of the muffin? Muffin or cupcake? I think it translates to both. Um, so, eat the top first and then optionally eat the bottom? Do you just eat it, like, straight on bites until it's gone, like a sandwich? Like a normal person eats a sandwich? Or do you peel the bottom off, eat the bottom, and then eat the top? How do I eat a muffin? And I should have sent you a muffin so we could have like Ooh, we could have demoed yeah, this.
2: That's my grocery list. I went grocery shopping today.
1: Dang it. Muffin salesman, um, hit us up for a sponsorship.
2: Yes. Um, how? Do, I think I think when I eat a muffin, I just go for it like a sandwich. Mm. I, I legit just peel like I peel half of it, and then I just like take a big bite. Oh. and then I just work my way around.
1: So it's like half sandwich, half candy bar. Like you're only peeling off what you
2: need. Yeah, because otherwise I don't want to take off the entire wrapper because then crumbs will get everywhere.
1: That's true.
2: Yeah. So I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it neat like that. So then I, I sort of, I sort of, I sort of go at it like a sandwich.
1: Just straight on guy, just no BS, yeah, no nuts. Because nonsense. it's
2: like I don't, I don't want to be the guy who's just like not that there's like a guy does, but like in terms of uh, just just eating the top and saving the bottom or eating just the bottom to save the top and it's like I'll just I'll just eat both I'm that guy <laughs> I'm that Which guy, guy?
1: I, the eat the bottom first so okay I'm I'm a like there's a lot of intentionality in how I eat food I am very much a save the best for last kind of person with my food so like let's say my plate is like steak, potatoes and a veggie veggie's going first then most of the potatoes, then I'll mix the potatoes and steak, and then I'll enjoy the steak. Like, very intentional. I want to end on a high note. It's like it's like I'd like the buck season to go. Win the championship, have a bumpy regular season, I'm fine with that. So, for me, I've always preferred the top portion of a muffin or cupcake. I think that's where the most flavor is. I don't know if it's...
2: Yeah, I don't think there's anyone who prefers the bottom. I don't think so either. Right? I don't think... Well, mean, probably. can't be. Probably. If you are, if you are let one of those know. people, hit us up. I want to know if you exist.
1: Yeah, if you prefer sorry, the bottom. It's like Angela from The Office. like it's Too much flavor packed into the top. I, I like a blander muffin. It, I probably just offended a couple. Sorry. Um, but so I, I, I tear the bottom off. I eat the bottom. And then I take my time with the top. It's the best part. It's so good. Like I don't want the bottom part to dampen the experience of the top part. Like let me get the difficult – Difficult. It's so hard. But let me get the worst part over with, and then let me just focus on the goodness. So that I, I'm. That's why this is my choose your fighter. I don't know why I thought this was straight heat when I thought of it. Oh, it is. No, okay. it is. It's okay.
2: actually it, it is. Don't worry. Oh, uh, because like, I, I had to think about this. Like, how do I actually do this?
1: The great muffin cupcake Eurostep debate.
2: So I think in an ideal world, <laughs> I'd say <laughs> I would be like do what you do. In terms of, like, eating the bottom first and then eating the top. I just, I don't know. I can't, I just can't do it. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It, maybe it's like, maybe it's, maybe I'm worried about my image if I do that. Yeah, see, I, I, like, I, I don't oh, care man. about
1: these. You should see me eat a fish fry one of these days. It's a mess. Catch <laughs> wow. up everywhere.
2: Oh, boy. I have have you ever been to Fish Day in Port Washington?
1: I don't think I've been to one in Port.
2: Mm. Is it? No, it's like, it's they call it the world's largest outdoor fish fry. Oh,
1: That'd be a fun yeah. post-pandemic thing. Yeah,
2: exactly. Uh, I, I go to it like every year. It's you kind really? Of fun. Even though I don't eat fish, yeah, it's fun. It's just it's an excuse to drink. But
1: oh yeah, uh, oh okay. Um, now I'm total. Now I'm all the way in.
2: And, and you're right on the lake too. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. Um, it's like the second Saturday in July usually.
1: Okay. You're all I mean, in. It'll on this be thing.
2: on this year. Yeah. No, I mean I grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. I just, I don't know. Maybe I'll start doing that. Maybe I'll make slash buy some muffins and I'll see what I do as an instant. Try it at home first and get comfortable. Yeah. That, I think that's what I'm going to have to do because I do agree. The top is definitely the best part. It is 100% the best part. It,
1: it, it It's like the Brooklyn Nets roster. Like the top of the muffin <laughs> is KD Harden and Kyrie. And then like Nick Claxton, DeAndre Jordan is the rest. Like uh, who? Uh, Landry Shamit, get. Don't detract from KD Landry Shaman. I guess Joe Harris can oh be part my. Of the
2: top. That top. might be the greatest comparison <laughs> of all time because it fits so Perfect. well.
0: The, you know, I, the Bro- You should just
2: tweet right now. The Brooklyn Nets are a muffin, and then not tweet anything else. The oh, Bro- he's actually doing it.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna hashtag listen to the Euro stuff. <laughs> uh,
2: if you if you uh, yeah. Just if you if you're listening to this, make sure you go uh, look up that tweet and actually like reply to it saying I understand. This, and
1: and so we and reply to it and say if you prefer the bottom of the muffin.
2: Yes. Yes. Hundred percent. Brooklyn Nets are a muffin. That is perfect. Brooklyn
1: Nets are. It sounds like it's like they're a problem. They're a bucket. They're a. <laughs> they're muffin. a muffin. <laughs> just means they're top heavy. Yeah.
2: But yeah, I just. I guess I just go at I just I just eat both at
1: the same time. The alternate reading <laughs> to you're a straightforward, no BS kind of guy is you're just a savage. But I guess that'd be... Are you a true savage? You don't even take the wrapper off, I'd imagine.
2: Oh, oh yeah. 100%. Just, I just eat it. I just don't care. Like it's Yeah, it's like, oh, it's all going to be uh, time and, uh, anyway, so it's true. might as well. <laughs> I'm, not no, not that, not. Yeah. I'm not that guy. I will take the wrapper off. I'm not that guy either. I,
1: I'm not that guy either.
2: Good. If you are... Don't eat the wrapper. It's not good for you. I'm not going to say uh tweet us or anything. Yeah, don't do it. Don't tweet it's us. It's not good for you.
1: Don't tweet yeah. Stay in your lane and take care of your balls.
2: Yeah, it's not good for you. Please do not eat
1: the wrapper. That's probably like a My Strange Addiction. My Strange Addiction, now that's a wild show.
2: I've never seen it. I don't really want to. You
1: tune into there and some lady's eating drywall. And you're just like. Yeah, I'll
2: pass. Like, I don't want to see that.
1: It's it's like it's a it's the old train wreck thing, right? Like you just can't look away.
2: That's why I'm not going to look to the beginning. Yeah, you
1: shouldn't. You shouldn't. You don't need to see someone eat drywall. It's really, it's a little sad.
2: Yeah.
1: No offense to anyone who has a drywall eating addiction out there.
2: Yeah, addiction is a disease. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think anyone listening applies, but who know you never know who knows. That's that's a perfect segue. Who knows where you're listening. Oh, you're
1: listening. that is a perfect segue. We have one more piece of business. So I pulled up the top 25 Eurostep markets within Wisconsin. So there's some, like, we get good numbers in Greece. Illinois listens a lot. Some other, Texas is a surprising amount of yeah, listeners. We get some Texas. good Australia. Australia, yeah. We get a good amount from Australia. A lot of England, actually, for whatever reason. Uh, not, not We have nothing against our English listeners, our proper English listeners. Um, but I just I wouldn't have expected it to be quite honest with you. But speaking of things I wouldn't have expected, the top of the list starts like you would expect: Madison, Milwaukee number one. Shouts to Milwaukee. Allis, Madison number two. The capital. Much respect to Madison. A bunch of the cities you would expect to see: Waukesha, Appleton, Oshkosh, even Janesville, Menominee Falls, Brookfield. Sure, in this top 25, I believe 24 of the cities. Have like twelve thousand or more people living there, at least. Again, Milwaukee, Madison,
2: huge. The biggest cities in the state.
1: Yeah, Green Bay surprisingly low. I'll get to Green Bay in a minute. Get it together, Green Bay. If you're listening to this in Green Bay, please send the podcast to like five yeah. other people. I
2: say every. I say every week. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Actually do it, please.
1: Especially if you're in Green Bay, go to Lambeau and just yell at Lambeau because everyone around Lambeau is probably paying attention to whatever. I don't. I don't know what that means. Whatever. <laughs> Enough about Green Bay. Soldiers Grove, Soldiers Grove, Wisconsin, the 21st in terms of Wisconsin cities that listen to the Eurostep. Oconomowoc, Soldiers Grove, Germantown. I had to look up where Soldiers Grove was. I did. Soldiers Grove has less, at least in 2010, had less than 600 people. The estimate now is 541. That's apparently shrinking. Best wishes to Soldiers Grove. But I just wanted to give Soldiers Grove a shout-out. Because, like, that's nuts. Like, according to the numbers, if you just count a download as a listener, like, more than nearly half of the residents are listeners at that point. Which, you know, not every download is probably a listener. But if you look at it proportionally, like, it's the Eurostep is way more popular in Soldiers Grove than I think, like, anywhere else, anywhere. Like, it's nuts.
2: Oh, yeah. Even Milwaukee, it's workers. got the highest percentage of highest percentage of listeners.
1: Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, Milwaukee, it's thousands of people, but obviously there's hundreds of thousands of people who live there. So Soldiers Grove, we want to hear from the Soldiers Grove super fans. Yes, please. What's please going please on? Hit us up. Like, yeah, we've talked about when this is all over, like doing a couple of live pods and like a sports bar. You might somewhere. have to go to Soldiers. Grove. It might have to be the first one. We know it's <laughs> going to be packed. Soldiers Grove represents the whole town's going to be excited. So. Soldiers, it's right near Iowa. It it, right, right by the Four Corners down there on the Kickapoo River. So, mad respect to Soldiers Grove and all the residents there. We appreciate you. It
2: looks like it's just got like one main area. There's like I see. There's two bed and breakfasts here. Perfect. We each get one. Three churches. Uh, Tabasco, where, Tabasco, wow, Tobacco Warehouse, (laughs) right next to Blackstone Guns and Repair. All
1: the essentials is what I'm hearing. (laughs) Everything I need.
2: I might have some (laughs) different things I need, but, (laughs) sure, hey, if you're in Soldiers Grove, please, please hit us up. We want to know what is going on. (laughs) (laughs) Like, <laughs> really I'm fascinated, do.
1: and I'm grateful. Thank you, Soldiers Club. Oh, yeah,
2: 100%, 100% grateful to this town that loves us, apparently.
1: And every other Dude. town, get it together. Like, oh, they've got a brewing company, too, Driftless Brewing Company. So they make really good gin, I believe. I've had do Driftless they? gin, and I think it's, like, that's the Driftless area, because it's, like, that's where the glaciers didn't go, I believe, is why it's called that, so it's, like, a little bit flatter. Ooh. Or maybe the opposite. Maybe it's just not called Maybe it's higher. I don't remember. I'm not... I don't remember all my history and geography and stuff, but that's the Driftless area, that section of the state. And uh, I have not been down there much. Going to have to visit because Soldiers Grove is holding it down. But, yeah, at Soldiers Grove, get in touch. Maybe the city itself, if you want to. If the mayor of Soldiers Grove is listening... Let's get a Eurostep day. I don't know. I don't know what the relationship is going to be like. If,
2: there's a, if we get a Eurostep day in Soldier's Grove, I might, that's like peak life yeah, right there. It doesn't get better than like, a
1: day in Soldier. Grove. No, State. that'll be the highest.
2: Point. Yeah. If we get a day, it's like classic angler fly fishing. Sounds fire. Yeah. You can do some good fishing. You got you got the Kickapoo River there. The, uh, <clears throat> What's this? Uh, there's other bodies of water there, too. There's a lot of solar
1: energy. Obviously, you got the
2: Mississippi there close by. A lot of solar energy. We like that. Yeah, they have a solar town pharmacy. Look at that. I guess they are a solar town. Soldiers Grove. Yeah, but yeah, Soldiers Grove got a couple churches in here too. There was a
1: governor from there once.
2: Was there?
1: Who? James O. Davidson.
2: Sure. <laughs> That's a name. <laughs> it sure is a name. Yeah, they've got three big streets here. They've got Main Street, they've got Pine Street, they've got Church Street.
1: That's, again, all the essentials. Uh, Why well, I need more than three streets. Sounds like an easy yeah. way to get lost.
2: Obviously, yeah, and they all converge into like a triangle at the center of the town. So, it's
0: perfect.
1: <laughs> so I clicked on the bottom of a Wikipedia, and it said, Did You Know from the Soldiers Grove website? And you click on it, and there's just nothing found. They don't know, but we know. <laughs> we know. I
2: mean, we shouldn't say these things, time. We have a lot of listeners in Soldiers Grove. Hey,
1: I, they, I, I'm just saying. Like, tell us what's there to know. We, tell we us. don't know.
2: We don't know. Yeah, and neither does Wikipedia or your website. Maybe update the website. Maybe update. May, the website. Mayor Mayor of Soldiers Grove, if you are indeed listening, update the website. Then hit us up for Eurostep Day. Yeah, yeah. Then you can update the website again. Let's let's get that going. But yeah. Yeah, this is just, it's very fascinating. I'm glad you found this. Yeah, um,
1: named, it, it was renamed Soldiers Grove during the Black Hawk War of
2: 1832. Okay, what was it originally?
1: Uh, Something else, Pine Grove. Pine Grove Pine Grove. Pine Grove,
2: oh, that's why, and they've immortalized that in Pine Street.
1: Look at that, look at that.
2: There we go. We
1: solved it, now we do know.
2: Yep. Okay, so I guess we have... Talked a lot about Soldiers Grove here. This is not something I was expecting to do coming in uh, to this Tuesday because we're recording on Tuesday night here, and you know we do this every week. I was like, oh, okay, what are we going to talk about here?" Soldiers Grove for apparently Soldiers 15 grown. minutes. Uh, but yeah, we have we've gone on long. Uh, it's not as long as last week because I'm sort of keeping track of time here. But I guess we could say thank you for listening to this episode of the Eurostep here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Uh, if you could do us a favor, leave a five-star review on Apple. Subscribe on your podcast platform of choice. Tell your friends and family, especially you Green Bay, appear. We don't need to tell you Soldiers Grove because you guys tell everyone. And again, hit us up. If you are from Soldiers Grove, please hit us up. Uh, it's three degrees there right now, apparently. Uh,
1: stay warm, too. Yeah,
2: yeah, stay warm. Stay warm, everyone, in yeah. the state of Wisconsin. Brutal. It's brutal out there, and it can get dangerous real quick. But, yeah, thank you for listening. Make sure you check out all of the great content across the entire Blue Wire podcast network. Stay safe in terms of warrants. Stay safe in terms of the pandemic. And we will talk to you next time.